In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Betches Media presents Donald Trump with a, a stain on our country. I am someone's daughter, too. That's what I'm so help me God. Congratulations, Mr. President. The Betches Sup Podcast. Mr. Vice President, I'm speaking. Hello, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamaris. And this is the Betches Up Podcast, where C-SPAN meets the group chat to help you process and laugh at the biggest topics in U.S. news and politics. Ooh. Happy Vaccine Eligibility Day for all of us officially. Elise, Ooh. I heard you're getting vaxxed today, tomorrow. I'm getting vaxxed tomorrow. I will be taking a casual stroll to my local Walgreens pharmacy, and I'm going to get vaxxed. You found one just at your local Walgreens? Yes, because so um, they opened up eligibility yesterday and I had saved a very important tweet that (laughs) that, uh, is the difference between me having a vaccine appointment and a lot of other people having difficulty getting an appointment, (laughs) which is that I saved this tweet from a couple of days ago. Mm-hmm. that had the like the pages for Rite Aid, Walgreens and CVS and all of their appointments. Mm-hmm. So as soon as I saw that, I booted up the old laptop and uh, it's like getting so- sneakers or like concert tickets. Oh, totally. Yeah. It was totally like getting the MyCam tickets that yes. now, no, guess what? Getting now, no one, lip kit. Yeah. Now no one's going to see my chemical romance reunion. Nobody, nobody. Fuck you. Fuck Ticketmaster for not letting me get the goddamn tickets. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> how, how was your, how was your second dose, Millie? My second dose. So yeah, I was super nervous. Cause like, they're like, you gotta go to the same site, whatever. I went yeah. to the. I went to the, and I have a phobia of needles. Mm-hmm. So it was, I was so scared. And I'm like, at the like National Guard site, there's so many things going on. So on this thing, it was like kind of open, like there was no curtains or anything. And the, I'm just like, you're going to have to distract me. Blah, 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 uh-huh. blah, and this and that. And I was like, so anxious and stuff. And she's like, okay. And then we're just talking. And then she's like, okay, I'm done. And I'm like, wait, you did it already? And she's like, uh-huh. yeah, you want another one? And I was like, yeah. <laughs> Ah, vaccine line humor. Yeah, you want another one? I'll give you another one. Oh my god, that's so. They've probably just been able to like practice their their tight one minute for for weeks now. She's like, every time someone says that, I say, "You want another one?" And I'm like, "Okay, well, she's got it." And (laughs) wait, um, why were you more scared? Were you this scared for the first dose? Um, I feel like. Well, I just feel like the first dose. I was in a cubicle that was covered with curtains. And there were three, there was another person in that same thing, getting vaccinated. There are like five employees in this little cubicle. And like, I was talking to two other people while this girl was. So I was just more distracted. And this one was way more open and less people. And it was in like Brownsville, Mm -hmm. like in another part of town. And I didn't feel anything. I think the, the, the symptoms, like the side effects were rough. 
the first night, but then, I mean, I definitely partied. The next oh, it's incredible. <laughs> That's perfect. That's was, very good to know. I went to, like, I went with my friend. I met her at a bar and I was like, yeah, you know, like, I'm operating at a 60%. And she's like, that's great, Millie. You at a 60 is everyone else's 100. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, M- Millie imperceptibly altered to everyone else. Yeah. You, it's 60%. <laughs> How does it feel to be 95% protected from COVID? I can't imagine what it's going to feel In like. In two weeks. <laughs> yeah, true, 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 true. I just feel like, well, my arm still kind of hurts, but like, you know, the chills yeah. or whatever is gone, but like my arm is super sore still. But I just kind of feel like I feel great. And I'm like, yes. And then I'm seeing all my friends. I'm like, yes. But then I'm seeing like the CDC directors yeah. like, there's impending doom. This is not over. We still have so much. And I'm just like, is this ever going to or like there's still like people shaming like or not mm-hmm. shaming, but it's like, why are people hanging out with their friends? And like. I just feel like it's just gonna be a while so it's just like yeah. yes like I see hope but then there's so many people clouding shit and there's so many facts too that it's like can I yeah. be hopeful about this thing I don't know yeah I do feel like a lot of it you know I think the public health message in general like there's a lot of conversations to be had where it's like it does feel like things are more hopeful now. Obviously, we're getting vaccinated. You've been vaccinated. I have my like I have my appointment tomorrow. Things are better. So it's it's hard to like place what you should think about when we're going to talk more about it, but it's I know as a just average citizen, sometimes it's hard to place like what the CDC is saying mm-hmm. versus what we're hearing about the vaccine and how good it is and how quickly we're vaccinating people and so it's like there's really, and this has been a problem throughout COVID, but there's no clear messaging. So it's hard to know totally. what you think about anything. And then also like the vaccination rules themselves were confusing. And like in one state you can get it because you smoke, but in another state you can't. And like, I don't know. I had a friend who got vaccinated because he just, when they asked, when they asked him why he wanted the vaccine, he said health. And they gave it to him. (laughs) They don't care. Yeah. I'm glad they opened it up to New York because I was hearing, I was seeing over the weekend that at Javits um, in the city, which is like the huge vaccination site, there were just thousands of unclaimed appointments. And I even saw a couple of blue checks tweeting and they probably shouldn't have like, nobody asked me what my comorbidity was, which is not good. But at the same time, it's like, well, somebody needs these doses. And then luckily, you know, the next day our governor said, all right, starting tomorrow. It was getting to be like that in New York. Like, again, mm-hmm. my friend who just said health was in New York, which is I like, oh, I didn't realize that you could just say I'm getting it for my health. And they'll give it to you. What other reason? I want to fuck. Yeah, I know. My friend was like, okay, so I'm getting the vaccine. He's talking to my other friend. He's like, I'm getting the vaccine. And you told me to say I'm a teacher. <laughs> Like he's just like we're all like, teachers in a way, sure. And it's just like, yeah, just open it up. Just that is like that up. woman. That woman. Did you guys hear about that Soul Cycle soul teacher? Cycle like teacher, right, yes. right when it came out in New York, and it was very rare. And this was at the height of the like, why December. the fuck are we sending teachers back to school, not vaccinating them? It was December, dude. And she went and got vaccinated because she thought she counted as a teacher because she was a Soul Cycle teacher. And you know what? We on this podcast never have been like, if you're eligible, you're eligible. 
Don't yeah. question it. But in, she should have questioned it. And she did apologize, but it was just, oh my God, it was so in those toned In the first deaf. couple of months, when there was legitimate vaccine scarcity, it's a different <gasps> yeah. situation. When oh, and she went to a neighborhood nowhere near where she lived. She went to like well, Harlem or the, the Bronx. The thing too about her is like, fine, whatever. Why are you publishing <laughs> Why are you letting people know? That's the thing that got me. And I feel like we have to talk about like the effects of being this culture. I guess we haven't really talked about it or reconciled with like pre-pandemic Instagram culture is like really blasting your wins and your L's and your vacations and your this and your that. And then dramatically shifting into this thing where, you know, we shouldn't be gathering we shouldn't be but like we are and like you can't post about anything or like this and that or going to see family don't post like and it's just like this dramatic shift like that we haven't really reconciled with as a culture as like millennials as though it is it is interesting to see people caught in the fire of like, totally but i thought i'm supposed to tell everybody about every single vacation i'm going to and make everyone jealous of me so that's what I totally yeah that's honestly Millie that's super interesting and I've been thinking a lot about that because I know the way that I post and the way that I use social media has changed like I just after the pandemic I just felt like number one I don't need to be keeping up with as many people and what they're up to and then number two there's actually no need for me to let everyone know what's going on with me at all times. And like, maybe I can like visit my family and just keep that to myself and not like, like there were times that Danny and I just like privately went upstate or whatever. And I didn't post about it because I'm just like, I don't want to have to be like, we're being really careful. And here's all the things that we're doing. And also like, we live in a household together and we didn't see any people. Like it just, Mm-hmm. So instead, I just kind of stopped sharing every little minute detail of my life. And in doing that, realized that I don't have yeah, to do true. that. <laughs> yeah, something about the pandemic in the past year has changed how we relate to each other on social media and not for the better. I yeah. um, was just listening last night, Adrian Marie Brown. And this is like a bigger conversation that can be like a deeper podcast that I'm obsessed with, but this woman created emergent strategies. This is like super leftist, like how to, how to like participate in spaces, intersectional spaces and stuff. And, um, you know, it is this thing. It's not like cancel culture per se, but it's like this very nuanced thing of like the making the difference between, um, somebody who's causing harm, somebody who's misunderstanding somebody who made a mistake And you know what I mean? Because it is this thing of like belonging and like taking somebody out of a community and all these things. So this woman made emergent strategies, which is just different ways to communicate in spaces to make sure that movements are moving ahead, Mm -hmm. you know, which is like um, stand up, stand back, like the weights, like, why am I talking, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of talking over someone, ask yourself, why do I want to say something? Am I repeating what somebody else is saying? So like strategies like that and like pleasure activism really left us things that I've just started like my journey on engaging with. Sounds amazing. I need this. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. She created, she wrote an essay. So she's like a popular um, leftist uh, theorist, philosopher, whatever. And she's like a black woman, feminist. 
And she wrote this essay about cancel culture or something like called Beyond Repair and stuff. And it got like a lot of pushback and she like learned from it. And like also, but she wanted to have this conversation in spaces of like, are we, because if you really believe in abolition and transformative justice, if you don't want prisons, if you don't believe in policing, we are policing each other. I mean, and this is like the harmful rhetoric that people use on the right of like, anytime somebody says, you know what I mean? But it's just like, at the same time, there are people that get pleasure. We have to talk about the people that get pleasure in like, yeah. you know, calling someone out and all that stuff. So she wrote a book that's really short that my friend gave to me, like back in November that I haven't read, but I listened to the podcast about it. Um, but it's called We Will Not Cancel Us. And it's about the, the same things that you're talking about of like, we're convoluting and we're using the same tools of like punitive, you know, like non-abolitionist mm-hmm. justice to like call each other out. And it's just like, why? And like, what's our mission? And what is this doing for the cause and stuff? And I mean, well, the impact is that people opt out like Chrissy, Chrissy Teigen will be fine. But then people decide to, they silence themselves because like, OK, fine, yeah. I'll get out of the way. If I'm yeah. not good enough for you, then I won't do this anymore. Yeah. Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift, because now you can use gift mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's Newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. 
So let's talk about a common enemy that we should all be directing our ire to. Amazon. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, my eggs. Oh, Amazon. (laughs) So Amazon has been giving a masterclass in union busting lately. There's a vote count happening right now that's going to determine whether workers at a Bessemer, Alabama, Amazon facility will form the first U.S. union in the company's 27-year history. So this has been going on for nearly two months. Thousands of Amazon warehouse workers have been eligible to do this, to cast their vote. This is a process when each side sort of tries to rally and convince people whether they're going to submit their union card, and then they are ultimately counted. To deter this, the company has been just doing all manner of nonsense. Really Um, weird stuff. Really wild (laughs) stuff. Really weird stuff. They're putting up anti-union signs in bathrooms, which sounds weird, but that's actually pretty normal. They're asking for like random meetings with employees. Uh, They tried to put in surveillance cameras to capture the ballot counting. They also recently shut down the employee directory so that employees can't find each other to share information. And most recently, they sent out such egregiously threatening tweets that internal employees thought the Amazon account had been hacked. So this was wild. This was, yes, I think it was yesterday or throughout early this week. Staffers were so concerned, as I said, about the unnecessarily antagonistic tone. They said these tweets are unnecessarily antagonistic such that they risk Amazon's brand. Uh, And they were like, this has to be a result of unauthorized access because it's crazy. This account is just trolling politicians on Twitter. Nope, that was at Jeff Bezos's direct request. Those uh, security complaints were resolved saying, no, there's no issue. The PR team is handling this. They're sending the tweets. Uh, a lot of politicians and celebrities have spoken out in support of unionizers, and Amazon has swarmed those tweets with replies. They're really fixated on correcting the record about whether people pee in bottles that work there, and they seem to be Good just- place to be as a company. Really <laughs> good, really good place. If I honestly, if- if Betches had to make a statement that was like, no one is peeing in bottles here. The rumors, the rumors about people peeing in bottles are exaggerated. Only some people have done that. <laughs> like, and they, that was their choice. Yeah. And they chose to do it. So <laughs> do you know what I did think recently? The Betches office is one of one of those. Well, actually, no, our new office does have its own bathroom, thankfully. But a lot of them. Um, a lot of like small businesses in New York have offices where you all use like a communal oh, bathroom. You need a key. Yeah. And I was like, damn, I've been, I can't, I've been having my own bathroom for a year at work. I can never go back to using a key to use the bathroom, but at Amazon, here's what you have to do at Amazon. So the union effort is really focused on working conditions. And that's important because Amazon is trying to flag all of the good benefits it provides. Amazon does have a floor rate of $15 an hour, but like you can't pay people to work in in conditions like this. So Amazon warehouse workers, they work 10-hour shifts. They get two 30-minute breaks during that. But these facilities are so big. I, I can't, I don't know how big they are. It wouldn't be a number that registers anyway. They're massive, like football Think fields. Think about a yeah. facility that could hold all of Amazon's stuff. Crap all that, that you shit. get in two days, that you get in two days. Paper towels, mm-hmm. all of that huge shit. And so you only get two 30 minute breaks. It takes at least 15 minutes to get to some of these bathrooms. So that's your entire break. So of course, no wonder people are peeing in bottles. And when Amazon denied that people were peeing in bottles, um, others, a report came out of an Amazon email going out to employees asking them to cease peeing in bottles. So they were recognizing that they were peeing in bottles and also they were having issues with all manner of excrement being um, being left in certain devices because people can't use the bathroom and delivery people, especially during the height of COVID, mm-hmm. had nowhere to go to use the facilities. Yeah, and they, they have, have tons bathroom. of packages. I mean, 
we're the ones always like, where's my Amazon package? Those people are under huge amounts of pressure. And um, it's also like, this is another thing. Well, there's multiple things, right? Every like small town, small city wants the tax, but they don't even tax Amazon. So they don't even get the benefits of having an Amazon facility. They just get like whatever, more people working and whatever Mm -hmm. they can tax those people. And that's how these, but then they still, whatever, are still on like food stamps or whatever. Right. But anyway, what a lot of like what I've found is that a lot of Amazon facilities, when they have like fatal work incidences, um, they like categorize it not under like workman's comp, but on their, some other shit so that the fact the warehouses have like less rate or whatever. And it's not like negatively reported on one and two, maybe they're not peeing in bottles. Maybe they're not. But I've heard a lot of um, instances I saw in a video um, from like the union organizers saying that people pack the boxes because they have quotas. They pack the boxes while they're in the bathroom, like oh while God. they're on the toilet they have to pack these boxes because they need their quotas. And another thing that I saw too, especially about the Alabama thing is the union made um, like a five minute video and they put it on Twitter about how they were trying to talk to Amazon employees, right? So they can't reach them from the employee directory. And what they did was they paid like that city. And when Amazon employees leave the campus, uh, there's like a red light. And usually the union organizers will stand in the corner and be like, hey, like, let's talk about union stuff. Mm -hmm. So they got the fucking city to change the light. So as soon as somebody stops there, they they, so they don't they don't have any opportunity to talk and they're scaring these people, you know, mostly like black population in Alabama. They're like, well, you're not going to keep your job if you Mm -hmm. are in a union. Right. And these are people that make $15 an hour and some of them do have health care. So that's what I was going to say is that, you know, Amazon does provide a livable wage and health care. And because we don't guarantee those things at Mm. the federal level, Mm. Amazon is allowed to use those things to scare people not into unionizing. So if Mm. we had Medicare for all and if Mm. we had a federal guarantee of $15 minimum minimum (laughs) wage then Amazon wouldn't be able to say, well, we're not going to be able to pay you $15 an hour anymore, or give you health care anymore because you unionize. So it's like, yeah, they provide these basic things, but the reason we need to provide those from our government is so basic shit like this is not used as a cudgel to stop workers from asking for other basic shit. Right. Yeah, that's such a good point. So what is the outcome of this likely to be? It seems that the vote could go either way. Some of the union busting attempts have been really successful. They're designed to be. The poor conditions probably aren't universal across every facility. So people that are making $15 an hour who don't have complaints would probably be reluctant to sign on to a move seen as antagonistic to their employer. If they're like, this isn't, they can't afford to lose their job or lose income. And that is it's fucked up that Amazon has put them in this position, but this is common when union efforts happen. So advocates are managing expectations for that reason, but they're noting that even if this attempt fails, there will be others. Just the concept of unionizing Amazon, getting this much attention and support is a huge win. Yesterday, Bernie Sanders was down there with Killer Mike. Everybody, there are so many celebrities on this. Uh, one funny tweet that um, Amazon replied to was Elizabeth Warren just complaining about how they don't make they don't pay enough taxes mm-hmm. and they responded you make the rules we just follow them oh my god. who do we think is tweeting oh my god it's just jeff 
Yeah, like, is it Jeff Bezos? Who's, who's, because it seems personal. Like, whoever, it's somebody this is that not hates an themselves intern. right now. No, it's this not, is an, not intern. an intern. This is someone who has no, a personal. That's, just, that's the thing that people forget. And like, I can't speak too much. Let's just say that I belong to a social media manager's secret group, secret forum that, um, all the brand managers of like major brands in America are there, right? There are some fucking stupid people. <laughs> there are some fucking stupid people yes. that I'm just like, how? And, and it's just like, yeah, we forget like those people have jobs. Like, and they're not like entry level. These are senior director level idiots. That's the thing. When you're saying like the joke, like give your intern a raise or fire your intern. It's like, no, no if you're, I'm a social media manager. Yeah, <laughs> no, like, a, and, and a lot a, of these And I should be, if, if I fucked up like that, I would be disciplined like somebody at my level, not like a, not like an intern. No, they're, they're, they go through five rounds of reviews. Some tweets go through several rounds of reviews and they have like canned things that they say, like, it's so much more like the intern thing is giving the company way too much credit. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It lets companies be like, oh, I don't know. The intern did it. It was the Burger King intern. It was like, no, the dude at the top approved dude, that Burger King. Yeah. Because also these tweets, like they were like arguing with people and stuff. So it has to be someone who's at a level where they're allowed to say whatever they want on this account. Yeah. Which is why mm-hmm. I'm like, is it Jeff Bezos or the new weird CEO that they just appointed or like, I think I bet it is them dictating and just being like, cause he apparently Bezos is like, you're not going hard enough. You're not being threatening enough. Like we need to, we need to go hard on this. They were yelling at AOC. They were yelling at AOC. (laughs) What is he losing? Like what? He's not going to have another, like, he, just like you have so much it's like it's insane it's a sickness it's like why do you need this much and i don't even know if they're asking for more money they're just asking to not to have more time to pee <laughs> amen here's my thing i say for all workplaces unlimited time to pee um- <laughs> Um, maybe I'm a leftist. Maybe I think I'm any a limits. socialist, whatever. Don't let your Cuban think, family hear that, Elise. I know. I know. I know. I guess I'm Fidel, but <laughs> what I'm saying is unlimited time to pay. Uh, yeah. On that, I wanted to ask, do you guys have any, and this is, this is also complicated when we're talking about Amazon alternatives. I feel like it's not, it's Amazon's fault that they're so shitty. Like yeah. some people... It's kind of like gets into the territory of like demanding everybody be vegan. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I can not use Amazon because I can go down to my bodega and buy paper towels. I have the time. I don't have to drive there. I can pay an extra dollar. I am able-bodied. But not everybody has like all of those factors. Some mm-hmm. people need like it's just a convenience that they can't give up in order to live their lives um but have you guys found any made an effort to switch off amazon for anything in particular do you have any recommendations there's a smaller like if you live in new york city there's like shop nyc where you can purchase things and they'll deliver them like groceries kind of thing um i mean honestly the thing that i struggle with is like you know, groceries and stuff like that. I'll do locally. It's just honestly electronics, like, or something like that is those are harder, like a phone case. That's hard for me to get 
especially because I'm Team Samsung. That's hard for <laughs> me. It's hard for me to get nearby, like or a camera or something is more difficult for me to get uh, in my area without traveling 30, you know, getting in a car for 30 minutes or getting on a subway and going across. So that's what makes it difficult. But there are tons of, you know, that I try to do Target and it's just like mm-hmm. crazy that like, is Walmart the more ethical? I know. Option? I was just thinking that it's like, okay, we want you to go out and shop, but at Walmart. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I feel the same way I've had. So um, I like Thrive Market for like paper towels and all that stuff. I found them to have good prices and they also are like eco, I have eco-friendly stuff. So I've switched over to Thrive Market for some stuff. They've got like, yeah, it all, I'll do like price comparisons, but um, I like Thrive Market. And then for books, I use bookshop.org which Mm -hmm. um like gives money back to indie bookstores and stuff like that and they basically have everything Mm -hmm. it doesn't ship as quickly as amazon but rarely am i like i need i need a book this instant i don't have enough unread books on my shelf yeah (laughs) yeah i actually am gonna switch to a kindle because thinking about what i order most off amazon it, it is books um i guess now we can sort of go out and buy books but everybody would just read about a cool book that's going to help you with your anxiety and you're like okay and you buy it right away yeah so i switched that i also just switched all of my pet stuff over to chewy i don't know if chewy is oh i do pet stuff on chewy too I was yeah yeah I, I don't know why i waited so long to do that but i just switched over all of my like subscribe and save and put everything on a plan so that they're based in um, in florida oh dope. And, and I don't Daniel know if Beach. they're an ethical company. I don't know anything about Chewy, but I haven't heard anything bad about Chewy. Yeah, from what I've seen, it's definitely the better alternative to Amazon. And everything comes just as fast. Like, it, they definitely do the two-day shipping for pet stuff. So, like, if you just got a puppy and you think that Amazon is the only way to get that stuff fast, you mm-hmm. can definitely use Chewy. Uh, yeah, we'll we'll try to actually, I'll probably try to gather some more resources and share them. Amazon. You don't, don't need to buy, buy clothes on people, Amazon. People buy clothes on Amazon and they're all ugly. Just go somewhere else. Literally anywhere else. Go to Target. Else, go to Target. Like, mm-hmm. clothes you definitely don't need on Amazon. I'll right. just say And that. just also, you can also just be mindful of your consumption overall. Like, exactly. I found yeah. when I started doing that, like, okay, I need to put so much demand on the planet all the time. And I decided, no, my Amazon consumption went way down because I just don't need as many objects. But obviously, there are conveniences that some of them can be redirected. Some of them can't. Where you can make the effort, you should. Where you can't. I go honestly though I go to my local dollar store a lot yeah <laughs> dollar stores are their own kind of evil true but um but yeah <laughs> there's no so evil there's no ethical consumption in capitalism Preach. one and two but I do go to, like dollar stores have a lot of shit like cleaning products paper towels yes. all that stuff and they're cheaper it's just like yeah like literally Probably a charger I won't get on. Well, I'll get a charger at the dollar store. It'll break in two days. <laughs> but like everything else, the but dollar store is a lot. Yeah, it's like all environmental things. It's like we can only make a little dent and like it's not our problem that there are these unethical monsters and they need to be held responsible. Yeah, and so they need to pay taxes. Yeah, they need to pay some fucking taxes, please. Of course, and they always respond to those tweets like, we pay this much in income tax. It's like, sir, we know there are many types of taxes. I, I I paid twenty two hundred dollars for my fucking taxes. Amazon needs to pay. <laughs> yeah, come on, I'm come so on, Jeff. Sorry. Cough it up, cough it up. In twenty twenty, <sighs> that's so messed up. 
That is our show today. Until the end of Democracy, I'm Amanda Duberman. I'm Elise Morales. And I'm Millie Tamarez. And this is the Betches Sub Podcast. Bye. The Betches Sub Podcast is produced by Amanda Duberman, Jorge Morales-Pico, and Sean Kilby. Editing by Jorge Morales-Pico. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Be sure to follow at Betches underscore SUP on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send us your emails to SUPPod at Betches.com. Betches.